Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you're always abandoning yourself to earn the love and approval of someone else, then you're not going to have anything left of yourself. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. My name is Sam Webb, and this show is dedicated to ending the stigma around mental health through community, connection, and the hard-hitting truth. I'll be speaking with guests from all over the world about life to inspire and to educate people to speak up so that we can save more lives. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Hello guys and welcome back to another episode on the podcast. I hope each and every one of you have been keeping well. I hope you're looking after yourselves and I hope nothing but the best for the year ahead. I just want to say again, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for tuning into the show every time we release an episode, whether it's a Webs of Wisdom episode, whether it's a guest episode, I want to say thank you for leaving your reviews, your comments, sharing, tweeting. Thank you for spreading the love. Today I get the opportunity to speak to a friend who I was introduced to out here in LA. His name is Miles Scott, a great man doing great things. In fact, our journeys crossed paths when we were introduced by a mutual friend who found us on Instagram. So this is the power of social media talking here. And this is how we got together and this is how we connected. Like a lot of us do in life, we move locations, geographical locations, whether it's continents, countries, cities, suburbs, whatever it is for a new fresh start so that we can explore more of our own inner self, uh, step outside of our comfort zone. Well, the man we're getting on the show today has done exactly that. He's certified through Sacred Sons as an embodied facilitator of masculine alchemy, as well as a thought leader and coach in the realms of relationships and transformational coaching. His personal mission is to help you identify and dissolve the barriers that prevent you from the life and love that you deserve. Today, I want to find out exactly where this all started, why it started, the impact that it had on his life, and how he transformed something so dark into something so positive. I want to talk to Miles about what self-worth means to him and the difference between self-worth and self-worthiness. I also want to talk to him about what drove him to being so eager to make differences and changes within his own life and other people's through relationships and love and the people that we have in our life. I think his episode's one that you don't want to miss. I can't wait to dive deep. I'm going to peel everything back so that we can hit the layers as deep as we possibly can. But without further ado, let's all welcome Miles Scott. I've been told this man is sitting on a beach somewhere down in Costa Rica, and it looks like he's absolutely there doing exactly that, living the dream. Miles, welcome onto the podcast today, buddy. How have you been? What has been happening? Man, thank you so much. Uh, it's so good to be here. I'm doing really well, uh, despite all the you know, global pandemic stuff. You know, I was trying to quarantine myself here on a beach, which is quite the fortunate place to be quarantined. Other than that, man, I'm just running my business from the internet and helping people identify and dissolve the barriers that prevent them from living the life and having the love that they deserve. 
I love that, mate. And I know you and I connected some time ago out here in LA uh, through a friend of yours. Just so my listeners can get an idea of who you are and how we've come in touch with one another. Are you able to share that little journey and how that all sort of unfolded? Yeah, absolutely. So you and I met through a mutual friend named Rachel Roller. Shout out, Rolling with the homies on Instagram. And she had been following you. was a good friend of mine as well. And she was just like, hey, man, Miles, you got to meet this guy, Sam. You just moved to L.A. Uh, I think he might be in L.A. So you guys need to connect. So she sent like a, a message to me saying that. And then I reached out to you. said, hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're doing you know, this work in the world. I'd love to learn more about it. And I'm here in L.A. and we should link up. And you responded and said, I'd love to link up, man. Let's find out how we can support one another's ventures and uh, spread good messages in the world. And here we are. You're in Costa Rica. I'm sitting here in LA uh, from my apartment recording a very, very exciting episode with you. And I'm. this has been a long time coming, man. I'm looking forward to explain and share your journey, your story with uh, our listeners so that we can help more people, let people know that it ain't weak to speak and that they should follow their dreams and and everything else in between to spot any hardships or challenges along the way. And that takes me on to, you know, learning more about your journey. And I've always wanted to keep it, I guess, very raw in terms of when it comes the right time to share that, I want to hear it almost like I've never heard it before. And I feel like today's the best day for that to take place. Because I know that your move out to LA, you're not from Los Angeles. It was a move that you made from your hometown. Is that correct? Yes, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and um, I moved out to LA after my inner transformation started, but it was a long time coming. So, I mean, if you don't mind, I'll just go right into it. Mate, please, absolutely, let's go. Unleash, mate, unleash. So my entire life, I have been seeking the approval of other people and trying to find my value as a man in society, and everything that I did was revolving around that. So that means I needed to get the best soccer skills on the team. I needed to be the best. I needed to sleep with the hottest women. I needed to drive the best car. I needed to have the perfect image. And so I was completely consumed with my own ego consciousness. I didn't really realize how that didn't serve me up until I got into a relationship. When then being with her was like a reflection. And she showed me pieces of myself that I wasn't willing to accept or even admit. And so I was all about deflection and there's no way that's true. And and I was just living in complete victim consciousness and ego consciousness and trying to preserve my identity at all costs. What were some of those things that you deflected and ignored and maybe made excuses for that we're, we're talking about here? Really, it just comes down to radical responsibility for your own contribution to anything. Anything in any relationship is, is, it takes two. So all relationship issues aren't just relationship issues. They're the projection of our own inner wounds onto other people. And so once you realize this, then you can start taking responsibility for your part. Now, in any argument, and in this relationship, we had plenty, I wouldn't take responsibility. I was not aware that I could possibly have contributed to something like this. That was how bad it was. So granted, neither she or I were perfect. Of course, you know, we're human. We had our flaws. We were both unaware of certain things at the time. But... When she ended up breaking up with me, she had labeled me certain things. She had called me a narcissist, obsessive compulsive liar, manipulator, controlling, and a slew of other things. Now, throughout the relationship, whenever she was calling me that, I was just 
completely deflecting everything that she was saying. And finally, after she broke up with me, I was like, what if this is true? It took that for me to start having some sort of self-inventory and self-reflection. Because prior to that, I don't think I'd ever self-reflected. Why do you think that is the case as a man? I mean, how old were you at this time? I was 26, 27. Uh, and why do you think you never had any time to self-reflect or maybe you didn't give yourself that permission to self-reflect and be more self-aware? What were the barriers holding you back, do you think, as a young man that might be able to relate to a lot of people listening right now? It's a great question. I think it plays all the way back to your message. We didn't wait to speak, right? I thought if I didn't uphold this image of myself, then I would be considered weak. I would fall down the alpha totem pole. I wouldn't get the women that I desired. I wouldn't have the jobs I would desired. I wouldn't succeed in life. And so right now, this whole masculine identity is all about success. It's all about striving to get something from it. Right? And so we put on this mask of, of more masculinity so that we can get what we want, which is hotter women with more money, more sex, and we think that that's what fulfills us in life. And as a culture and as a society, this is what most men fall into, this trap. And that's exactly what happened to me. And how bad was that trap for you? I mean, obviously you're in a relationship at the time. You are around 26 that you said. The girlfriend left you. Then you went on this transformational journey and looked from within and started asking yourself questions. And I guess it sounds like you were being really honest with yourself and vulnerable you know, it wasn't me. Maybe it was my fault. Maybe these were the things that I didn't explore. How bad did it get for you? And at what stage of this journey did you decide to go, okay, I'm going to make a difference. I'm not going to be a fuck boy anymore. I'm not going to be doing this stuff that, I, that I've been doing for most of my life. I'm really interested to hear that because, you know, as a young man myself, I could probably relate to a lot of that. And I think there are a lot of men that could, that are listening right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I lost my identity in that relationship. Everything that you'd built up and worked towards was in that and in her. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So it didn't start there, right? So it first started with my identity being about the perceived value that I had in society. So what kind of job I had, what kind of car I drove, what kind of girlfriend I had, um, how good I was at certain skills and all of that. Now, so when I got into this relationship, it turned catastrophic because I realized that I had avoidant attachment style and she had anxious attachment style. So any time that she got upset at me, which was very frequently, and she also had a lot of um, anger, I would run. And I, I, I ran and then I would come back because my ego was like, you know what, I'm not, probably not going to get anything better. Uh, she is what completes my ego image and I need to be here with her. So I would come back and on the third time I did that, I broke up with her. I went to California for a little bit. I always had an idea of where I wanted to live in the world. That was California. So I broke up with her, went there, did some crazy medicine called Cambo, which is like frog venom that you like lather over open wounds that people burn you with incense. And I cleansed myself spiritually, emotionally, physically, and mentally. I had set an intention before doing that, that I wanted to release this woman out of my life. But after doing this cleanse, I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready to be the man that she has always wanted me to be. Now that in itself is also very tricky it's a very sticky situation for men to want to be the man that she wants you to be and i'll explain that in a little bit so i came back to the relationship she decided she'll give it a go but during this whole time she wanted nothing to do with me and so i was trying so desperately 
to earn her love and approval. She ended up becoming a stripper. She ended up starting to drink alcohol a lot and that was causing a lot of problems in her relationship. So I stopped drinking in order to make sure that she had a good example. She ended up cheating on me twice. And both times I took her back because I still felt guilty about leaving her and doing everything for her and having no self-respect. And I was abandoning myself at this point because of the treatment that I was receiving, no matter which way you justify that treatment. So at the time I was making myself guilty for leaving her and then accepting all of this treatment that I was getting. And because of that, now my old identity vanished because I was creating a new identity with this person and trying to become the man that she wanted me to be. Now, for any man listening, as you become a man for somebody else, you're compromising the sum total of your own masculinity. You're compromising what makes you who you are. And as you start to make decisions for your woman's approval, over time, you're going to start losing her respect because you're not making decisions for yourself and becoming the leader of your own life. You're making decisions simply for everyone else but you. It's a fine line, mate. It really is. Like listening to that, I mean, when we talk about traditional ways of masculinity and being the leader and being the one that's strong and the dominant one and everything else in between, it sounds like to me that what you're saying is that it's almost like it's a double-edged sword to some degree. Like what you're saying is you still have to be in charge. You still have to be the leader. You still have to be the strong one. But is there room for vulnerability? Is that what you're saying? There's always room for vulnerability. What I'm just saying really though is you have to identify what makes you your own person and you can't compromise that. That's what you put boundaries around. And as long as you have this, then you can always remain yourself and not lose yourself in relationships. But if you're always abandoning yourself to earn the love and approval of someone else, then you're not going to have anything left of yourself. You'll be shellless. Right. How could you ever be the man in any relationship and be a solid support system for anybody else if you're not even supporting yourself always be honest with yourself take care of yourself and be you as best as you can no matter what the circumstances may be and then let that shine through in your relationships whoever it is with because that's what's going to last is that basically what you're saying right if you make the relationship or the other person your sole priority you're going to lose yourself but that person is not going to benefit from being in a relationship with you if you don't know who you are anymore. So you have to have a firm foundation of your own your own person. Yeah, and I, I certainly agree with that. I mean, within your journey and your, the context of your being and, and what you had to go through to experience this change and this understanding, how far did it get for you to be able to sort of, in your terms, please other people, be there for other people, change to suit the woman or the partner, whoever it is you're with, did you realize, shit, I've got to actually start looking after myself because I'm falling down the rabbit hole? And what effect did that have on Miles in his personal life? See, I didn't realize I was falling down the rabbit hole until I got broken up with in the way that it happened. It's kind of like Plato's allegory of the cave. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. Please enlighten me. Essentially, Plato created this allegory and... It says that there were these men in a cave and because they were in the cave, they had no idea about the rest of the world. And so when they left the cave, then they were like, you know what, this is weird. I'm going to go back into the cave. And essentially that's kind of what happened with me in society. Whatever group I was in, I found a way to like 
become one of them in order to fit in. I was also getting like the feedback from that group, the positive feedback group. So once I fit in, like a lot of the groups I was in was heavily involved in drinking, partying, sex, those kinds of things. And none of the stuff I did was bad or I didn't even have to reflect on it because I was in a cave with a lot of other people doing the same thing. There's no need to change because I was getting positive feedback for all my actions. And that's because of the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Right. Is a big part of the influence that we seek in life. I guess you, they, they, they don't say it for no reason. You become like the people that you spend most of your time around. And if you're always around people that are making you feel like that, it's almost normal, you know? You don't ever start to question it because it's just something that you're so used to every single day of your life. And you think that it's normal and that it's justified. It's okay to do that. It's okay to be like that. And that's just the way life is. But until you, you find a wake-up moment that shakes you so hard that you have no other choice but to try and find out what's actually happening and you start questioning the very things that you're so used to, that's when it starts shifting, I guess, by the sounds of it. And that's certainly what's happened to me in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right on. So, what, mate, talk to me really quickly because I, th- I feel the relationship stuff is certainly something that it's one of these survival instincts in life that people, people are always seeking a relationship, whether it's a love interest, whether it's a, a friendship or w- whatever it is, relationships in life are very important in one way or another. What's some advice that you can give to someone right now who's, who's having a very hard time in a relationship, whether it is a love interest or whether it is just a friendship or, or whatever it is. As someone from lived experience, your own journey is one of many people's journeys and it's unique to you. What is some advice that some of our listeners can take and say, this is really good stuff. I'm going to go and, and do some different work or I'm going to do inner work. I'm going to explore and all that sort of cool stuff. Where, where do they start and what do they do? When we realize where our relationship issues stem from, it always, after you peel back all the layers, comes down to self-worth. And there's some unconscious belief there that we are not worthy of the love that we crave. And therefore, we abandon ourselves in order to earn it. And once you realize this, you'll realize how we project these beliefs about ourselves onto our partners. And if we don't heal them, we recycle the same experiences with every new partner that we have. So then the inner work needs to start. The inner work needs to really uproot that core belief around why you think you're not worthy. And that's a very unconscious belief. And a lot of people would say, you know what, I think I am worthy. But that's the conscious ego speaking versus the unconscious truth. So it takes some work to identify what your unconscious beliefs are. And then as you make your unconscious conscious, which is called shadow work, I wouldn't recommend doing shadow work first. That's kind of where all the work really lies is within the shadow. Okay. So on that very point, which I'm very interested around the you know self-worth, self-love, all that sort of cool stuff that I think everyone needs more of, especially this day and age. And they need to identify more of their own lives with that, both unconscious and consciously. What are some strategies without looking into the shadow work that we're talking about really quickly here? What are some strategies or techniques or things that people can practice? Anybody can practice day to day to sort of increase their own self-worth. Okay, so self-worth is a really big topic. And so briefly, I'm going to go ahead and, and break it down both like in, on a spiritual level and on a mental level, because I think a lot of people need both. A lot of people, like you may hear that you are worthy simply because you exist. 
all the time, man. We hear that all the time across social media. You're breathing. You are worthy. You are enough. You are more enough just as you are. You don't have to be successful. You don't have to be a professional athlete. You don't have to have billions of dollars in the bank. You, haven't, you don't have to have started a, a social impact organization that's saving you know, lives all over the world. You're enough just as you are, and that doesn't make you more enough. We hear it all the time. Yeah, but a lot of people can't believe it. That's a hard pill to swallow because in the cave in which we live, Plato's allegory, the cave, your worth is determined by how much you produce how much value you have relative to society in a capitalist economy and all of that. So it becomes very, there's automatic cognitive dissonance and confusion. Like, well, how can I be worthy if I'm sitting at home meditating all day? So here's how we can understand what that really means on why you're worthy simply because you exist. And I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here that might be a little bit deep, but bear with me. We are all part of the same system. You're part of the whole. And in each part, we are also whole, right? So the part of the whole and whole in each part. We are all connected through the collective unconscious or the universe or God, however you call it. However you call it. We are all mirrors that help each other become conscious. And the universe or God or the collective unconscious in order to become aware of and actualize itself, it needed to fracture itself into these little parts, all of which are you, me, and everyone listening, and everyone else in the world. And in, it's doing this in order to become conscious of itself. Now, because of this, every single human who has life on this earth is serving the purpose of the collective to become aware of itself. Now, that is the reason why on a spiritual level you have worth one minute here on this earth is serving a purpose of making the universe conscious of itself, which makes your life have meaning and value. One second, one millisecond is a gift beyond gifts. So now let's talk on a mental level because for me, that was kind of a hard pill to swallow because I am still a man in this earth school and I'm trying to have a successful business we need money to survive. You know, we have to survive here, right? So what does that even mean? And how do you have worth here in, uh, in this material, physical realm? And what that looks like is the belief. Now, you can have self-worth, but not feel self-worthy. And that means we have to uproot the belief about why we don't feel self-worthy. And you'll see in your actions, if you reflect, when you don't feel self-worthy, you stop keeping promises to yourself, stop going to the gym, stop eating healthy, you abandon yourself, you rely on other people to do everything for you, you have a blame mentality on the world, you just stop, stop making yourself important, you stop taking responsibility and ownership over your own life. And that's how you get your self-worthiness back mentally and uproot the belief Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Around, around that is to continue making promises to yourself, set and enforce boundaries. Know what it is that you're protecting. Really, when you're, do, you're setting a boundary, you're protecting what you need in order to not abandon yourself again. So what that looks like for me is, you know, I love playing soccer. I like having guys nights. I love doing my work and I love having family time. And so these are core areas of my life that I need to protect at all costs. Um, I need my alone time. So I'll set boundaries around that to make sure that I get what I need to fill my cup and everyone else in my life can benefit from the overflow. So I'm protecting myself from abandoning parts of myself that are needed for me to feel self-worthy. That would be um, self-worthiness in a nutshell. You you articulated that extremely well. Thank you very much for that because I feel feel that's something that will, will be able to resonate with people to their core. You know, we're not we're not talking surface level stuff here. It ain't weak to speak. The podcast itself isn't about talking about surface level stuff. Overall, we want to talk deep. We want to get to people's core and change the way people are thinking and give people strategies and tools and techniques in their own life to live better and live more and live happier. You know, and I feel that you explain that you know greatly where you've said you can have self worth, but you can't or you don't feel self worthy. I find that a very interesting approach to look at it. I've never thought of it that way. What about people who aren't in touch spiritually? I mean, I haven't done a lot of spiritual work. Probably consciously, I probably feel like I'm not, but unconsciously, I probably am. But that being said, how do you have self-worth and be, I know you've explained it a little bit, but how can you have one and not the other? Unconsciously, we all have self-worth simply because we exist. We are all part of the whole and each part we are whole. And so... We all have value to collective unconscious, the universe, God, becoming aware of itself and experiencing itself through us. Now, we might not know that on a spiritual level or even on a conscious level, but that's what's happening in the background of all of our lives. And at the same time, we have this belief about ourselves while we're in this cave of society, where we're not measuring up to the benchmark standard of success or beauty or whatever. I specifically had that most of my life the whole reason that I was trying to achieve more value and become, have this 
greater and greater image about myself was because I didn't think I measured up. I would always be feeling less and I would never feel self-worthy until I got to the top. But that's a never-ending chase. You see a lot of CEOs these days. They get to the top and then they kill themselves because they realize that's not it. This is one of the biggest factors in mental health, in my opinion, is understanding where your worth is derived from. If you derive your worth from the external world, you're always going to be comparing yourself to the external world. Mm, totally, man. That's very well said. You're never, ever going to feel enough. You're always going to want more. And, and what you thought you set out to achieve was going to make you happy or fulfilled or on purpose or whatever you want to call it. You get there and you realize, holy hell, this isn't, this isn't what I thought the feeling would have been. I don't, I don't feel the reward that I had in my mind. And too often people are always, you know, working, striving so hard to get to these places and constantly feeling let down and they're getting the wrong cues and signals and then they're chasing other things and then that comes at a cost with their relationships or their own life. They're working too much. They're not devoting enough time to the family. They're chasing these unattainable goals that they feel is going to bring fulfillment and, and purpose. And I'm hearing this a lot too. And most books that I read, it touches on this, you know, and I feel like it's a really important topic because... You've got to feel all of these things within yourself first before you start even thinking about them coming from anywhere else externally. And the moment that you place fulfillment and I'm going to raise $100 million or I'm going to save $50,000 this year and I'm going to full, you know, feel fulfilled or I've reached my target, you're going to then get to there and want more and want more if you're placing your things externally. And it sounds like that's exactly what you, you've just spoken about. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a key to understanding how to do this, knowing that there's still more to do, right? Because we all have a purpose. We all have goals. We can't just kind of like sit back and be like, okay, I'm self-worthy. I don't need to do anything anymore. There's always more to do, whether that's in your inner journey or whether that's in your business or whatever, internal or external, there's always more. So how do you find fulfillment in life knowing that there's always more to do? You have to become grateful for how far you've come. And you find the balance, not necessarily the balance, but the harmony between self-appreciating yourself for how far you've come and knowing that there's still more to do. And you can find the harmony here, allowing you to relax into the present moment and knowing that in this moment, you are enough and you've done enough, yet there's still more to do and that's okay too. Very powerful, man. So true. It sounds so easy said than done, you know. You know, if people could practice this every single day, I think we'd live in a much happier place and people wouldn't be, you know, stressing around and, you know, sacrificing certain things in their life for nothing, really. Yeah, let me ask you a question. When you hear about doing gratitude journaling or whatever like that, what do you think most people are grateful for? Being alive, breathing, having a roof over their head having breakfast, lunch, and dinner when they're able to eat it, having hot water, having a shower. They're the things I feel grateful for. Okay. And most of those things are external to you. What if we can also incorporate being grateful for things internal to you, which is what I call self-appreciation, which is also the number one secret that most self-development people are not teaching us. This is how you develop more self-worth. This is how you uproot the belief that you might not have value. We have to appreciate ourselves for how far we've come. So when you wake up, yes, continue to do, to do those other gratitude exercises, but also include, wow, like I'm grateful for the fact that 
inherently, I don't, I didn't have to do anything to achieve this. I have good intentions, which makes me a good person. And then external to yourself, like I'm appreciative of all the stuff that I've accomplished. And so you remind yourself every day how far you've come. So what are some other things we could be grateful for internally? Obviously the external things are, they could vary from person to person for whatever they've got going on in their life and, and what have you. But what are some other really clear examples that people could be more grateful for from within? Because I do feel like, and me included, most of, most of my gratitudes and gratefuls are for the really basic things in life that we overlook, you know, fresh air and, you know, sunshine and, and little really basics being alive. But, but how can we dive deeper in that and talk about self what are some more examples that you can provide us with that maybe we can go away from this episode and, you know, share with our networks and, you know, start becoming more grateful from within before we start looking from the outside? Yeah, this is going to be a two-part answer. So one, it becomes really difficult for us to identify things within ourselves inherently, things that we didn't have to achieve that we love about ourselves because we're still holding on to shame from the past. And we overlook a lot of the good things about ourselves because we're still holding on to shame from decisions that we've made in the past. And we have to release shame in order to really see a wider spectrum of who we really are. Shame is expecting yourself to have known what to do in that moment. Shame is projecting your current level of awareness onto your past self and holding your past self accountable for not knowing what to do in that moment and acting differently and making a better choice and then beating ourselves up for not making the right choice. And we have to be able to forgive ourselves for not knowing better at the time. That's one, how you release shame. And then two, things about yourself that become a lot clearer once you release the shame is how good hearted you are. Do you intend to hurt anybody? No. Sometimes we make choices that hurt people. And yes, our impact might not match our intention, but it doesn't change the fact that at your core, the core of who you are, you are a good person. You might make crap decisions sometimes, but you're still a good person. And so as we remember how the goodness of our being, it's a lot easier to accept ourselves. Yeah, I like that, man. I really like that. I love that perspective. I love that angle that we're looking at here because it's one that, you know, I've even probably overlooked many times in the past. So I appreciate you sharing that because it's certainly going to go a long way. And certainly in my life, you know, I'll help practice that. And I think it's really important, you know, to feel like we're honoring and and showing up and being grateful for the things that are already happening from within. You know, the things that we're working towards, the habits that we're taking in life, the rituals that we're doing to make us better humans, the, the choices that we're making to improve our own lives, you know, whether it's mentally, physically, spiritually, and everything else. I think it's really, really important that everyone has the power to be grateful for something that they're advancing in their life internally. And it doesn't always necessarily mean we have to look at the things that are happening externally to be grateful, you know, like big deals happening at work or relationship goals or holiday destinations and success factors. I, I feel like that's just the byproduct of all the great work that happens from within. Do you agree with that? 100%. Once you realize that everything in your external world is a reflection of your internal world, then you start to realize that you've been your own problem all along. And that because you take responsibility for being the problem, then and only then can you become your own solution. 
Can I ask you, Miles, as well, on this note and, and within your journey, your story, you know, your expertise now when we're talking about this topic, what has been the hardest moment for you in your life? So that's a great question. And that kind of brings us full circle back to this, my own personal story where my ex-girlfriend broke up with me, cheated on me, found out she was pregnant like a few weeks later with not my kid, someone else's kid. And I was just devastated. And the only thing that I had, I did not have my identity. I just had these labels that she had called me. Narcissist, obsessive compulsive liar, manipulator, controlling, and a few other things. Now, what is a guy to do when he doesn't know who he is anymore, but thinks he's a narcissist? So my whole mentality, my, all my thoughts went to thinking how much of a piece of shit I am. And how I will never love or even be capable of loving or being loved by anyone else forever. My life is worthless now. Wow. And that's what happens when we start over-identifying with labels. Especially, like, I could go down a rabbit hole of over-identifying with your diagnoses, too, and how harmful that is to our psyche. But I'll save that for another time. Essentially, in this moment, I went very dark. I isolated myself because I didn't think that I had any value in the world. The only person that I thought I was was this piece of shit narcissist who couldn't tell the truth. And I believed everything she, she called me. I believed her over my own inner wisdom because I didn't have any inner wisdom at that time. I couldn't trust it. I had abandoned myself and forsaken myself. I did not have any self-trust, no feelings of self-worthiness. And so in that moment, I felt helpless, felt hopeless, and I felt worthless. Like for that phase of my life, I was thinking about suicide every day. On top of this, I had moved back in with my mom. So I was like this 26, 27-year-old kid, supposed to have all this shit together, comparing myself to everyone else who's got their own apartments and just like rotting away in my mom's house. And then I had this job, I got this job and I was so miserable through it all. I couldn't speak to people. I just felt so isolated. Nobody would ever understand me anyway. And my boss at the time joked with me because I was so quiet. He was like, you're going to come in here and shoot up the place one day, aren't you? I was like, that's awful. And that's fucked up. And so I just went home every day and I was just, I just melted into my bed. I did not want anything to do with the rest of the world because they wouldn't understand. And I trapped myself in this belief that it will never, ever, ever get better. That this is the way it is and that's final. Because I had over-identified with a label that someone else had called me. And because identifying as a narcissist, there is no cure. So that's how it is. And so my life just went down. There was no point in my life anymore. There's no cure. There's no reason for me to be here. And it was like that for months. And one day, and I'm not even going to take credit for this. This happened all of a sudden. My mind went from, why is this happening to me? Why am I such a piece of crap? to how can I be happy? How can I do something? What is here for me? What can I do about this? And just simply rephrasing that question gave me a new answer. The quality of your life is totally dependent on the quality of the questions that you ask yourself, which is why it's important to do the self-reflection. So these questions gave me new answers and these new answers gave me new hope, new possibility, it totally shifted my perspective. Now, there was still some resistance between me thinking that there's some cure to narcissism or that I'll ever change. 
but I started reading a book. I read one page in a book every night. And I made that promise to myself and I kept it. And that was the starting moment that snowballed the rest of my journey. Funny enough, I have an interview with the author of this book tomorrow. And I'm super excited. Yeah, good. That's amazing, man. Congrats. Thank you very much for sharing that with all of us. I feel very grateful and honored to be on the other end of this discussion right now and sharing your insights and wisdoms with with the rest of our audience and listeners and myself. So I'll be able to learn from that, no doubt. That being said, and congrats on, you know, turning it all around and, and changing those, you know, perspectives one day at a time, setting small promises to turn your life around, give yourself some meaning and start identifying and labeling yourself with what you felt was true and correct at that time, especially through that journey, I think is so important, not letting other people put a label on you and then believing that that is the final label and you can't change it, I think is is a very strong takeaway from this. So anyone else that might be struggling with that, please take note. Also, mate, so it got very dark. Obviously, you changed you know, some of your habits. You made little baby promises. You took baby steps. You started turning it all around. For those who don't understand narcissism, can you just quickly explain that for a lot of people? They say narcissism is an uncurable condition that stems from your childhood where you were deemed super special and you're perfect, nothing's wrong with you, so you never take responsibility for anything. You become the victim of everyone else's behavior. You never can see yourself in other people's shoes. You have no empathy. Lack compassion and things like that. Yeah, and essentially you use other people for your own benefit. With this journey that you're currently on now and and we're talking today, what are some of the biggest learnings that you've learned? You know, comparing your old self, 26-year-old self, to to your current day self, what are some of the things you wish you had have known at 26 or earlier that would have helped you out a lot then? What are some of the biggest takeaways that you could share with us? Don't abandon yourself to earn the love and approval of other people. If you don't take responsibility for anything, you'll never see yourself as the solution. You'll never feel powerful enough to change things for yourself. You always have to understand how you contributed to every situation in your life. I would also say that your beliefs about who you are are not yours. Your beliefs about who you are are the product of family, social, and cultural influence. And until you realize and unravel where your beliefs come from, you're going to be believing you are someone and different than you, you really are. They say your thoughts create your reality. It's really your beliefs that create your reality. And if your beliefs stem from how you've been relating to the external environment, you created a sense of yourself based on the external, your belief system is not yours. Your reality is then created unconsciously by beliefs that were programmed into you by other people and how you related to the external world. That is one of the biggest pieces of creator consciousness that I could ever offer anybody. Thank you, man. That's, that's power. That is power. You heard that, guys. You heard it from the man himself. His mouth, Miles, has just shared his wisdoms with you. I find that extremely valuable, very powerful, and I think a lot of people will take a lot away from this, this episode, Miles. I do ask all my guests as well, before we wrap up most shows, What's your interpretation of It Ain't Weak to Speak? When you heard about it all and you saw the work that we were all up to, what's your interpretation of, of that? 
this was really synonymous with, with one of my, you know, the first messages that I ever had when I first started this journey. I started sharing my story with other people and being vulnerable about it because that actually gave them a sense of connection with me and they related with me. And I realized how powerful it was to be able to allow other people to heal through my story. There were so many other people out there that were needing someone else to express their story for them to feel validated enough to feel safe in whatever they were going through in that moment. In essence, it's not just weak not to speak. It's the most courageous thing you can do. And it's one of the most uh, healing things you can do for everyone. And vulnerability is a strength simply because it takes courage not to hide. What you're doing when you're speaking is we are now recalibrating the system because we, when we don't speak, it's because we fear that we're going to be met with rejection. But when we start learning that when we speak, our expression is met with connection rather than rejection, now it becomes safe to be ourselves. That's when we are authentic. That's when intimacy is created. That's when connection and the human nature like really comes together as one. Mate, I absolutely love that. Yeah. So powerful, man. So powerful. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. Miles, I, uh, I'm very grateful for your time, man. I always am. It's always good connecting with you. I miss those weekly catch-ups here in LA at your, your place when we used to get together and talk and, and talk chop about life and you know plans and making bigger changes and differences in the world. Mate, I miss those times, but I'm sure you're doing them down there in Costa Rica, no doubt, on that beautiful island, living the dream. Enjoy the beach life for me, mate. That being said, where can our listeners follow you? I'm going to include everything in the show notes, guys. Also, after this episode, please join me in the Facebook group. You'll find that at livin.org's Facebook page. Uh, we're going to share tips and tricks, any insights that Miles can share with us, and uh, we'll connect and talk about the show. Where can people find you, Miles? Sam, wow, thank you so much for having me on, man. This has been such a pleasure and an honor and a privilege to be a part of your movement. For those listening, if you found some value in what I shared today, you can find me on Instagram at Scott. That's T-H-E-M-Y-L-E-S-S-C-O-T-T. And I'm also on Twitter. Uh, I have a lot of posts on Twitter that are unreleased. So if you want to come check out over there, that's where some content is as well. Other than that, um, Instagram is my main platform and, and I'll be there. Doing some great work, guys. He's always been doing great work since I've met him, and I'm glad that I met him. Very valuable, honorable man doing great things in the world. I appreciate you as always, Miles, and I wish you nothing but the best on your, your journey to transformation and not only yourself and continuing to, to work on your inner self, but also the lives that you're impacting as well along the way and the people that you're working with, mate. I find that very inspiring, uh, and I, I think it's much needed in this world. So thank you. Keep it up, and uh, remember, it ain't weak to speak. Thanks, man. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate you, man. I, I love what you're doing here in this movement, Live in Org. I just want you to know how much impact you have on the world, and I just love it. So let me know how I can support you in any way going forward. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, thank you, brother. Have a lovely day, and keep living, my man. Thank you again for listening in to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. Please like, share, and spread the love to as many people as you can. Let people know that you subscribe to the show. 
Don't forget to leave a review or a comment so that we can grow this community together because a conversation could save a life. If you want to continue this chat, please join me on the podcast Facebook group at living.org. I can't wait to share the next episode with you, but in the meantime, stay well, keep living, and remember, it ain't weak to speak. Thank you and have a top day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.